0: You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org podcasts. you're listening to Chirp Radio, 107.1 FM. I'm Andrew Merriweather, and I have the privilege of being in the studio with Michael Santana of Cafe Racer, the Logan Square rock outfit. Uh, They have been around since 2016. They had a release on Dumpster Tapes, a self-titled release. And now, this past February, they have released their new record, which is called Famous Dust, that is out on Maximum Pelt. Michael, thanks for joining us today. So the first thing I want to ask you about is just how did Cafe Racer come about? What's your origin story? What's your mythology?
1: Uh, me and our, one of our guitar players, Adam Schubert, started the project in 2016. We met working at a retail store, in Wicker Park, my first and only retail job out of desperation. We met each other and I was looking to start a new project after my, my first band broke up and he had just moved here from, from Colorado. And we intended on just starting a project together. And the name Cafe Racer comes from our wacky boss at our job that we met at. At the retail store. (laughs) At the retail store, who was obsessed with Cafe Racer motorcycles.
0: I was wondering if you guys were really into motorcycles, but it's your boss. Yeah,
1: our boss really was. I do ride a motorcycle. I'm the only one in the band who does. I don't ride a Cafe Racer. Um, What do you ride? Uh, I ride a Honda CB400. It's kind of like a brat-style motorcycle.
0: What is that? What is a brat-style yeah, motorcycle? What it's like mean? a
1: cruiser, uh, kind of like a cafe racer, I guess. I don't know. But it's not technically a cafe racer in, in the grand scope of what it is as a motorcycle. But uh, <laughs> so our boss was kind of obsessed with cafe racers, and he'd bring in different ones from shops around the city, kind of showcase them in the shop. And as we were thinking of band names... Um, we were cycling through them over and over again and we were just like Cafe Racers and so the boss wouldn't stop talking our heads off about them. And it just had a good ring to it. And even though like some people might recognize like the connotation with motorcycles, other than that, it had a good ring to it. So I felt like, oh, that's a cool name for a band and sounds good. And everybody I told before we even started the band, oh, I'm starting a new band called the Cafe Racer. They're all like, oh, that's a really cool name. So.
0: It's interesting to me because, like, you presumably were trying to leave this retail job in order to, like, <laughs> start this man. But you decided to hold on to, like, some memento. Yeah, basically, him. yeah.
1: And I think that was kind of also a memento, like, where me and Adam met and stuff. And kind of an homage and a, a part of history, our history.
0: So tell me a little bit about this new record that you, that you came out with. So the Dumpster Tapes record... Awesome record, pretty raucous. Like there's a lot, it's, like Very felt different. like much faster, much louder. And on Famous Dust, you kind of, it seems like you take the foot off the gas a little bit and you slow things down and it's a little bit more droney also. definitely. So can you tell me about like that change and was that conscious or what, what were you guys going for?
1: It was definitely conscious. I think also the fact that we were playing with a different lineup on the first record. I, I came from playing in a band called Gross Point, and we were uh, a, a garage rock uh garage punk kind of band and i guess that was kind of like my influences like kind of changing my musical influences changing with the first record it was kind of becoming more well, well-rounded well and i was listening to a lot of brian jonestown massacre at the time and so was adam i think and we decided to make like a record that we thought would be like our homage to brian jonestown I mean, i'm not familiar
0: definitely... with that record can
1: you tell oh, it's a band brian jonestown massacre yeah i am mean, they're kind of like a 60s uh Revival band from the 90s that have a lot of uh, 60s garage elements, but also like psychedelic and shoegaze elements and I think we played more into the garage element at first with the first record uh, We didn't really know where we were going. It was kind of just like we We're jamming in a bunch of ideas and then the second record I think was a lot more cohesive I, I wrote it in a really short amount of time uh, So I think all the songs kind of sound similar um, because the vibe was similar yeah, we kind of like slowed it down, we tried to... I tried to pretty basically emulate Lou Reed and Jim Reed. Lou Reed from Velvet on and Jim Reed of Jesus Mary Chain in one record.
2: There is too much privilege and too little serotonin. jutted from an plane and 18 poems. the quiver kings to mind that makes everything still no words to drive with the walls, like magnets I'll draft a piece of cat a draft scribbled a And until color colorless dress I'm
0: sort of curious uh, whether you see yourself and your band as carrying on a music tradition or innovating a new sound.
1: I think I would hopefully like to do both. Definitely feel like I'm carrying on a sound because I've adopted specific influences and I want to make it... It's pretty obvious, you know, like I want to make our songs a, a, a clear picture of where influences lie <clears throat> so in that respect i feel like i'm carrying on music of the past but at the same time you, know, you want to push it and you're never going to emulate something 100 percent. so i feel like trying to is a great effort but you'll always make something new you know
0: where do you think the areas are to push with rock these days where do you go like mm-hmm. I always th- I wonder this like you know there's so many amazing bands that are coming out of Logan Square like and including yourself, uh, including Cafe Actually, Razor. we're No
1: longer Logan Square. You're no longer
0: in Logan Square. Oh, I'm sorry, I oh. uh, betrayed you in the in no. The it's okay. We're a
1: Ukrainian village band now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stark contrast. <laughs> yeah, I love the Ukrainian village
1: man. We live like across the street from Empty Bottle. It's amazing. Nice. Our favorite venue. Shout out Empty Bottle.
0: But so. With all these, you know, have all these amazing garage rock bands and rock bands in general psychedelic rock, what are the areas where you're, like, excited about what's happening?
1: Um, I feel like there's a lot of great guitar music coming out now, and uh, um, people are starting to listen to more of that kind of style of music, I feel like, in the last few years. With the whole, like, garage rock renaissance of, like, four or five years ago, that definitely propelled at least the Chicago music scene. Like, I played in a garage rock band. I met so many people by playing in garage rock music scene. Other than Chicago, I feel like just there's a lot of great uh, uh, guitar-driven music nowadays that's influenced by a lot of the same music that I like. So I, I, I feel like to name a few bands, like uh, a band that's playing at The Bottle uh, in a few weeks, Frigs, like they're awesome. They sound a lot like Sonic Youth, you know, like and I'm a huge Sonic Youth fan. And there's a lot of uh, bands that are kind of sa- taking a noise rock stance with, uh, with a little bit of melody and, and, and pop format. And i feel like math rock is gonna come back like og math rock is
0: coming back i'm hearing it it's popping
1: like up you know like bands like that it's it's really cool the hex are kind of like a band totally. like that from chicago that's doing a lot of uh dissonance kind of almost borderline math rock stuff and bands you know like disappears or you know x disappears but facts is an awesome band that i'm really into and Brian Case has done amazing stuff, and he kind of came from that, you know. But I don't know. I just feel like there's a wide array of music nowadays, new music, that I'm more excited about than I had been in the past couple of years.
0: So does two times a day come back twice because it's two times a day?
1: (laughs) Yeah, two times a day There's a (laughs) reprise of it, and it's it's two times a day. Somebody (laughs)
0: said, somebody,
1: my my friends texted me, uh, my friend Corey Clifford, he plays in the band Laverne, and I've known him for a very long time. Uh, he texted me, he said, dude, is two times a day about sex? <laughs> and I said, I mean, like, it could be. But uh, <laughs> but um, it comes back around. I, I, it's, it is funny that it, it has a reprise, and the song is called Two Times a Day.
0: Was so? Was that just a coincidence? Is-
1: <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I just, I liked the idea of like a reprisal on an album, and I just didn't think I, I'd never done it before, and I was like, it'd be cool to just do kind of like a a, a little one minute, a minute and a half version of a song in a different key, you know, but kind of keep the song and then change the lyrics, but keep the same melody, you know?
0: Hey, Michael, this has been really great, man. I really appreciate it. Everyone go check out the record. It's fantastic. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it.
0: find this and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts chirpradio hear what's next